Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16 tells the story of workers in a vineyard who grumble when they are paid what they agreed upon only because others who worked less hours than they did get paid the same amount from the owner of the vineyard. Jesus is warning against those who serve in his kingdom, having faith for a reward, but who let that faith of reward turn into a claim for payment, a bargain they strike for service. This is always what leads to discouragement in ministry. The thought that God hasn't given us enough for our labor. So what is the answer to such discouragement in the work of the Lord? Peter, do you see how selfish that would become if you continued to go on and project yourself in ministry based upon this calculation? Peter, if you didn't understand that the first will be last and the last will be first, and it's all of grace from beginning to end. So what's the cure to this attitude, this trap that we can find ourselves falling into of taking our competent faith in God and in His reward of all that we do for Him and letting it somehow slip and turn into a calculation of our own personal benefits. Well, here's the way to answer this. The first is this. We must come back to the original response of our Lord Jesus to Peter's question. Peter, you cannot outgive God. God's grace is a superabounding grace, and it is not according to the measure of this world. What you give to God of yourself flowers by the grace of God into an eternal and everlasting reward. And what you give, by the way, is not some expression that rises out of your sinful flesh or your sinful lives. You're made new and transformed for this work. You don't even enter into the work by your own skill and your own deafness and your own ability. The only way you can enter into this work is to be made a new creature through Jesus Christ renewed into something that you never were and never could be apart from him to carry a work that is completely his by the grace of God. We're to express our lives in the ministry God gives us as the great poem that he makes us, his workmanship. And this is not something that you can ever calculate. This is not something you can ever keep tabs on. We must see that our work in the kingdom of God and the workers are called to the work that we are part of an economy that is completely different from the way the world works. We must remind ourselves that who we are right now and who it is that we are in Jesus Christ and that we live and we work in a totally different principle from the world. Our labor is completely under the mercy and grace of God. And as a result, our work and our labor is released into the stratosphere of eternity's accountings. This is an economy of grace far beyond our ability to tabulate and calculate it by any kind of immediate reward we might gain for ourselves. It's done in the power of Christ. It's done by being changed by Christ and renewed by Christ. It's done for the glory of Christ. It's done so that all that we do might be sunk into eternity and treasures in heaven, folks. Treasures in heaven cannot be measured. They can't be calculated. The second thing, with that in mind, is do not think of the kingdom in terms of bargains and rights. How silly to be found making penny bargains with God for labors that will reap for us 
eternal fruit in eternity. That is not an expression of faith. If you start tabulating bargains in the service you give to him right there, your service should be a service of faith, and that's not faith. You cannot approach our work. We cannot approach a work as if we can obligate God to ourselves in any way because, well, that's not grace. God is not obligated to us. It's all grace and mercy. We're the debtors. We're the debtors by the grace he's given us. I am a debtor to the Greek and the non-Greek, to the wise and the unwise, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, because of grace, grace, grace. How do I measure the outcome of something that came to me so fully and completely and undeservedly by grace? And so I serve, relinquishing any bargain and any claim and turning it over to God. Let me tell you a story of somebody who is an associate of ours. The person who somehow barters for some recognition. You might remember that the Lord Jesus said to the Pharisees that he didn't know how they could have faith and receive honor of one, one of another. Paul said of himself that he didn't receive the judgment of men. He sought only that which would come from God one day when God would reveal the hidden things and bring them into light. About two weeks ago, someone who is known by my wife and I for many years, an individual who has all their lives, basically, that we've known them, served in a ministry that has been a very anonymous ministry and a relatively undervalued ministry. We learned of their death. I want to tell you a story, and I'm at this point in time not suggesting anything about this individual. I'm not presenting, I just use this as an illustration, I'm presenting this or suggesting what was their motive in ministry. But let me just share with you the last day of their life. They had served for years in an undervalued, underrecognized, underappreciated work. They had gone to a pastor's conference where they had been invited. At the conference, they were called to the front and they received a reward for all of the work and labor they had done. I don't know what it was, whether it was a certificate, whether it was a plaque, whether it was a watch, whether it was a clock, whatever it was. Following that, this individual passed through the crowd and there were claps on the back for the job well done and it was a heady moment for them and the wife was tired and went back to her hotel room to sleep but he remained kind of soaking in and fellowshipping with those who had given him recognition. He came back later on to the hotel room. She was already asleep. He went to take a shower before he went to bed that night and he died of a heart attack while he was taking a shower. I received the message of this. My wife texted me the story of this while I was in Burma just a couple weeks ago. Now once again, I'm only using this as an illustration. I'm not in any way reflecting upon this individual. But I want you to think for a moment and imagine that he had served Christ all those years and this is how I assume that he did it. And I want to think this is how it took place. He served Christ all those years as a debtor to the gospel and of the mercy and grace that saved him and been poured out upon him. That he went into the fields of service and vineyard just with the attitude that he was an unprofitable servant only doing his duty and that he carried out his ministry with no expectation reward other than the hope of the crown that Christ had laid aside for him one day which, oh how wonderful, he's been able to take up at this moment in time. A crown which, by the way, he gets to lay at the Lord Jesus' feet. But can you imagine if, through all the years of his ministry and grinding away in service, he nurtured a bitterness because he was unrecognized and unappreciated and not given his due honor? And the day came when that honor was given as people clapped at some banquet over their half-eaten meals. 
And they ended up thinking to themselves, well, it's about time somebody appreciated all that I'd done in the service of the Lord. Heaven is all around us. God is watching us. Christ has invited us to his field of service in the body of Christ. Christ has invited us and opened up places of labor in the world in which we live and to one another. Let us never calculate what we deserve because we don't deserve this. It was all of the grace of God. Instead, let the attitude be, oh, God, consume me. Let me be like John the Baptist. I must decrease. He must increase. It's all of grace. A couple other little points here. third one is stop being bookkeepers and bean counters. God's math is not yours. Stop thinking that you can add up what was done for the kingdom or what is owed or should be the outcome of your labors. The world is turned upside down by grace and you can't follow it and you can't keep tabs on how grace works or how it multiplies. God's economy of grace is such that it will surprise you by giving you less than you might expect at any point and by giving you far more than you can imagine at all points. All points. So rich, so flourishing, so good. So don't keep count. The fourth thing is this. See that your ministry is again all of grace. It is a gift to suffer for Christ. It is a gift to even seemingly fail in His service. Don't watch the clock. Don't add up your hours or your impact. Remember that all is for His glory. That it's a mercy that you are privileged to do His bidding. That whatever the hour calls you, whether early or late, the one response is to gladly rush into the fields of service. That he does not count up the hours of labor, but for faithfulness to the opportunities he gives you. Just faithfulness to the opportunities that he gives you. And that he who has called you is faithful. And that his recompense is with him. And it's for his glory. And it's for your honor. Yes, your honor. That you might cast it all at his feet. He's faithful. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we confess, I confess the occupational sin of counting up the rewards and anticipating the benefits of service of you. Feeling that somehow ours served gains the right for a greater measure of blessing or benefit or recognition. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us all in each place where we turned our eyes away from you. We turned it to ourselves. God, wash us and cleanse us of this. Lord, we want nothing, nothing now to sully this wonderful thing that you've given us to be, this wonderful work that you've given us to do. Oh, how the enemy would ruin it with our own machinations and our own calculations. And Oh, Jesus, it is enough to be spent and used up for you and your glory. It is enough just there. It is enough to come at the end of this day threadbare of our resources. 
but rich in the grace and the life and the presence and the person of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we come before the work that you've given us, may we be obedient. May we be eager to respond. May we believe that you are just. Oh, more than just. You are liberal in your generosity. But Lord, the days ahead do not just promise in this earthly life benefit. They promise tribulation and trial and hardship and rejection. They, as the days come to an end, promise in places those who profess your name, who turn from you even. Oh, Lord Jesus, it is for you and for your glory that we labor. This morning we're coming before the table. Your life poured out. Your body broken for us. Your blood shed. Heaven, Lord Jesus, emptied upon the earth and our Savior. Heaven laden in place of all of its glory and riches with our sins and our brokenness. Our Savior suffering for us doing the good work, doing the work that now by grace He calls us to share with Him, taking up our cross, making Him known, following Him into His labor. May we be faithful and give you glory in all these things we ask in Jesus. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. If you'd like a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208 331 4096. Until the next time, God bless you.